You're listening to the Finchwood Discipleship Podcast. My name is Matthew, and as your host, my mission is to help you discover who God is and what it means to live as a citizen of His kingdom. Greetings, Finchwood. In the previous episode, I laid out some of what it means to follow Jesus, and I invited you to follow Him with me. In this episode, I'd like to talk about what you should do next. Often I think we Christians get so excited about bringing people to Jesus that we don't know what to do with them after they start to believe. So let's take a few minutes and address that. First of all, if you talked to God at the end of the previous episode, or if you became a Christian by some other means, then I have the distinct honor of congratulating you. One name that people over the years have given to what just happened in your life is getting saved, meaning that your sins have been forgiven. And for sure that's something we all need, but what you just received stretches far beyond mere forgiveness. The Bible says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. The Bible also describes the process that you've begun as being born again. You've now been born into a new identity as a beloved son or daughter of God. And that means you have a new family composed of every other Christian in the world, regardless of race, nationality, language, culture, age, any other characteristic. We are now your brothers and sisters, and we're proud of you for taking this first step into your new life. Everybody's experience is different. I've known people who physically felt God remove a weight from their shoulders when they became Christians or who were instantly released from addictions that had plagued them for years. I've also known people whose lives only slowly became different over the course of years and years as God worked inside them, changing them from the inside out. I know people who had face-to-face visions of Jesus the moment they believed, and I've known people who have never experienced anything more than the gentle, inaudible whisper of God speaking in their hearts. He works differently in each of us. So whatever your experience is or will be, you can be sure that he is working whether you're aware of it or not. The Christian life is a marathon, not a sprint. So even if the change in your life is slow to start, even if it's just one step followed by another step, that's totally okay. In fact, that's normal. Sometimes you'll feel like you're leaping ahead, and sometimes it'll feel like you're barely moving, or you may even slip backwards from time to time. You may even end up going through several conversion-type experiences throughout your life as God asks you to surrender different parts of yourself. That's been my experience, which is why you heard two of those stories from me in the previous episode. And by the way, I have more where those came from. Continuing the analogy of a marathon, I have to tell you that the race you're running is bound to include some roadblocks and detours. God doesn't just snap his fingers and your problems magically go away. But through your relationship with him, you'll gradually become equipped with the courage, strength, and wisdom to live through them, and even to avoid some of them altogether. Meanwhile, he promises to use the bumps and hills that you go over to strengthen you and help you mature even more. I should also let you know that for a large portion of the journey, you may find yourself running against the flow of traffic. Eventually, you're going to feel resistance, whether that's from friends, coworkers, family, even from yourself. Because you're following Jesus, and because he doesn't always agree with the people around you, you may experience conflict from time to time. 
You've just undergone this tremendous spiritual shift, and that's going to show up in who you are, inside and out. You may also experience doubts in the days and decades ahead, and that's also perfectly normal. It doesn't mean you're a phony or that your salvation didn't stick. It just means that this life is hard. But that's part of what makes it worthwhile. What I can promise you is if you don't give up, you will make it to the finish line. So don't quit on me, okay? In order to build a lifestyle for yourself that can help you stay in the race, there are a few things that you should do as soon as you can if you haven't done them already. The first is prayer. This is the beginning, the foundation of your relationship with God. And the only way a relationship can happen is by opening up lines of communication. God is inviting you into a dialogue here. So you can expect him to hear you, and you can expect to hear back from him. Though that's something that you'll have to get better at over time as you learn to hear the different ways that he speaks to different people. He also wants to hear about the things going on in your life, both big and small and he wants you to ask him for help in those things. While you pray, keep inviting God to fill you with his spirit, to live inside of you, and to become a part of who you are. The second thing you should do is repentance. In the previous episode, I shared the story about me getting saved when I was three years old, digging in my backyard when I wasn't supposed to. The part of that story that I don't usually tell people is that I think I remember going right back to digging after I prayed for forgiveness. What I failed to understand at the time is that God doesn't just accept us despite our flaws. He actually wants to transform us. We kickstart that process by letting go of everything in our lives that we know is wrong. That's going to be hard, so keep praying, keep asking Him for help. Also, finding fellow believers who will encourage you and keep you accountable is a great idea, which leads me to the third thing you should do, which is fellowship. I know I've already said this several times, but I'll say it again. The Christian life isn't something that you can successfully do by yourself. To go the distance in this race that I keep talking about, you're going to need a community around you, friends and family who can encourage you and challenge you to keep pursuing God. Definitely find a church to attend, but even more importantly, you need to find people you can spend time with regularly outside of a formal church setting, because most of your spiritual growth will occur in the context of those relationships. The fourth thing you should do is share your faith. Tell people what happened to you. This isn't just for new believers, but it's especially important in your formative days as a Christian. Get used to the idea of talking to others about your faith, whether they believe the same as you do or not. Just make sure to be gracious about it, Remember that you now represent God to people who don't know him yet, so try to give them your best. Of course, if you live in a country where it's illegal to become a Christian, you should be careful about how and when you do this. Wherever you live, talk to a fellow Christian and tell them what's happened so that they can celebrate with you. The fifth thing that I recommend is the Bible. If Christianity consists of knowing God and learning how to live as a citizen of his kingdom, then the Bible is your single best resource. Inside this book are thousands of years worth of things that God has done and things that he promises to do. It's the story of his interaction with humanity, and it's also the collected wisdom of those who have gone before us in knowing him. 
I'm not going to say that every single thing you ever need to know about God is in here. That's why we also have to have a relationship with him. But I will say you could spend a lifetime reading this book and still find more and more to discover about him. Get a Bible, read it, and talk to God and to other Christians about it. The sixth and last thing that I recommend that you do is, from the very beginning, Christians have celebrated new believers through a ceremony called baptism. Different groups handle this in slightly different ways, but the common threads are that water is involved somehow, along with a public declaration of your newfound faith in God. Among other things, the water symbolizes the new life that we are able to live through Christ because of his death and resurrection. It also symbolizes the cleansing power of God to wash away our sin. Baptism is for your faith, kind of what a wedding is for a marriage. It's not the beginning of the relationship, so much as it's an acknowledgement of what's already taken place in our hearts. It's this drama that we act out to publicly express our lifelong commitment to the one that we love. Now, each of those six items that I just placed on your to-do list, prayer, repentance, fellowship, sharing your faith, reading the Bible, and baptism, is rightfully the tip of its own iceberg. And it may take entire future seasons of this podcast to really explore the depth of meaning and significance found in each one. To that end, I'd like to invite you to join me in the next episode as I start the first official season of the Finchwood Discipleship Podcast, which will be about the basics. Before I sign off, though, I'd like to pray for you. God, thank you for wanting to be known, for coming to live among us, for dying and for conquering death so that we can have hope. Thank you for promising to place your spirit within us and to be with us in the ups and downs of life. God, I pray right now for each of the people listening to this podcast. First of all, for those who are still on the fence, if they're waiting to see what kind of God you really are, show them. Let them know how real and how worth it you really are. For those who did say yes to you, please confirm and solidify the decisions they each just made in their hearts to follow you. Give them strength and persistence. Surround them with the right people to cheer them on as they run this race, and keep their minds and hearts focused on the prize waiting for them at the finish line, which is you. Help us, help them and me, to be transformed, to become more like you. Make us the best disciples we can be. Thank you for everything you're going to do through Finchwood and in each of our lives. You're good, and we trust you. Amen. You've been listening to the Finchwood Discipleship Podcast, conversations for people who want to be more like Jesus. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe now and consider sharing it with your friends. For more information about this episode's topic or to continue the discussion, please consult the show notes. See you next time.